Hello and welcome to another edition of Shattered Lives, the Irish Daily Star and Irish Mirror's Crime Podcast. Uh, I'm the paper's crime correspondent, Paul Healy, and today uh, on this special edition of our pod, I'm talking with our crime and defence editor, Michael O'Toole, about the Ashling Murphy trial. Uh, so just to briefly uh, tell people of the facts, Miss Murphy, uh, a 23-year-old school teacher, she was killed while out jogging uh, in the Tullamore area, County Offaly, last year. And 33-year-old Joseph Puska is on trial, accused of her murder. So we intend to cover the entirety of this massive trial, which is set to last for five weeks, but we are bound by the rules of the court. Uh, so we can't give our opinion in this case until matters are concluded, um, but we can give you the facts. So without further ado, I'm joined by Michael O'Toole. How are you, Mick? Hello, Paul. Uh, greetings from uh, Phoenix Park. Uh, in your car again, are you? Yes, doing yeah. this a lot recently. Uh, we should we should nearly turn this into a podcast from our cars. It it, it it's a kind of a thing that seems to be working for us. Um, but look, this you know we're we're being cautious and careful, and I hope our our listeners can understand why. Uh, and and perhaps maybe we should just before we get into things, Mick, I, pr- I propose to just talk about in general maybe how the court process works because people might be curious about they they might recall from you know our previous podcasts on the. Uh, the special criminal court uh, we had a lot of freedom uh, as to what we could say and that is because it was a non-jury matter so in general uh, when covering a criminal trial we can only report the facts of what is heard in a criminal trial in court um, and it's imp- you know it, that is because it, everything that is before a jury the jury has to decide the facts of the case and we are bound by that um, that process well, I mean, that's essentially it. Now, this is purely speaking generally. Uh, the rule is we can report, and again, generally, we report in a jury trial what the jury hears. In the special criminal court, uh, we have much more labour because there's no jury. There's only three judges, and they're very learned judges. And, for example, Mr Justice Tony Hunt, who is the presiding, presiding judge in the special criminal court, and by coincidence is the, the, tri- the, the judge in this trial, has basically said that judges cannot be prejudiced. So when there's a special criminal court, when it's three judges, we have a lot of leeway. And legal argument happens, obviously it has to happen in front of the judges because they decide it. So it's almost indistinguishable from the evidence or the direct evidence itself. But again, speaking purely generally, there are matters in jury cases that the juries do not hear and we can't report on them until afterwards. So we're now going to talk about this case and it hasn't started yet. It, today has largely been a procedural day, but it may be interesting for people to see what the procedures are. Yeah. Now, I'll just ask you about that. Obviously, you were at the uh, the court building there all day today and, and it was a lengthy process today, but there's very little that actually can be reported on the end of the day. That's because the majority of the day was taken up uh, in, a, in a process of impaneling the jury. Is that right? Yes, but the, uh, now this is the interesting bit. We can we can talk about this because the people who were impaneled are the jury, so there's no problem. So essentially, what happened was there were three cases. Mr. Justice Tony Hunt is the, key, uh, the judge in this case, but he was presiding over three issues that required a jury, three separate cases, uh, and there, it was one sort of panel of prospective jurors who were in who were sort of called to hear all three cases. So there were three cases. I won't mention what the other two were, but Mr. Puska's case was the last case to be called. So the jury was uh, essentially what happens. The first thing that has to happen really is that the 
the person has to be arraigned or formally charged. So at 1353, Joseph Pusco was formally arraigned in the Court 13 of the Central Criminal Court, CCJ complex, the Criminal Courts of Justice complex there, down beside Phoenix Park. And he was, for, as I say, he was formally arraigned. And what that means is he is formally charged. The charge is formally put to him. So at 1353, the court register put to him that he murdered Aisling Murphy at Cappenker and the Grand Canal in Cappenker in Tullamore in County Offaly on the 12th of January 2022. I now just shortly before that, uh, the registrar said, are you Joseph Puska? And Mr Puska said yes. Then the registrar, as I said, arraigned Mr Puska and put it to him that he murdered Miss uh, Murphy in Cappenker on the 12th of January 2022. Now, through an interpreter, he said not guilty. So that has effectively started it. So once that happened, the process of impanelling the, the juror began. Now, uh, Mr Justice Hunt at this stage did warn prospective jurors. He said there has been a lot of commentary online and everywhere else about this case. So he, he said two things really, really important. He said anybody who feels that they have been affected or have seen so much commentary that they cannot be impartial really shouldn't be taking part in this. But also he said anybody who has commented online or on social media really should not be taking part as a juror in this case. So after the, the process began, and I think after about 40 minutes, the, the jury was selected. So there are uh, three women and nine men, and they will hear the evidence. So Mr Justice Hunt welcomed them, and he thanked them for taking part. He said it's a very important constitutional task they were doing. And he asked them to retire and to uh, elect a four man or four person who will do a lot of things. They will, he said, they will sit nearest me. There's a seat, obviously. There's, there's 12 jury seats and there's one there closest to the judge. Uh, they usually, not always, uh, chair deliberations for the jury. And what they also do is they send the issue paper when there's a verdict on behalf of the jury. But he again stressed and he said, look, Please disregard what has been said. He said this has uh, uh, really garnered more than its fair share of commentary. And he said, please disregard that. And he was very, very strong about that. Throughout the whole process, he kept on talking about, if you feel as if you've, you've seen too much or it will affect your impartiality, please come forward and a final appeal. And then at the end, he basically said, ignore media, ignore social media, ignore mainstream media. He said, you, got, you people are the ones who have the best seats in the house because they're in the room. He said, ignore everything else. Your job is to look at the evidence. Nothing else, nothing else matters. And so it was a very, very strong uh, message from the judge today. Very strong. I, I would just say in general, because in, in, in relation to that point uh, made by the judge in court today about ignoring media, you know, people might think in general that they can give opinion on cases and look we're not here to tell people what to do we're certainly not going to give our opinion on a trial uh, that doesn't mean that doesn't stop people from on social media doing that uh, and ultimately you know judges will say a jury should not be looking at the internet that is not a green light for people to just go ahead and give their opinion nonetheless so we i would just warn people as all i'd say just be careful about airing your opinion uh, on any criminal trial in general can i ask you mick um uh, you know, and again, we are limited, but it just, you know, I suppose giving a little bit of an insight into what it was like in the courtroom, uh, I imagine there was a large presence of media. 
Yes, I'd say there was about just over a dozen of us. So all the, the major outlets were there. So yes, can I just read just what the judge said? Um, it's just from my copy. So he, he, ignored, he reminded him to ignore news reports. There's some good quotes here. He said, your job is to decide the case on the evidence. Divorce yourself from anything that is said outside this room. He said, you do not need to know anything about the reporting of the case. You have the best seats. There is no need to pay attention to social media or mainstream media. So, look, you're right, Paul. We're, we're certainly going to be uh, very careful. Just an example. I've, I, I very rarely do this, but I, I was doing some live tweets about the case today, and I've just made it that only I can reply. Or, so nobody will be able to. So I don't know what you call it, lock, but, you know, I've made it that only I can do this. So, look, there are the caveats. We can't stop people doing what they do. Uh, the judge did say for people to ignore social media and mainstream media as well, decide the case on its merits, and he's very, very strong in that this is about the evidence that they will hear in this room and nothing else. Yeah, in spite of that, as we say, it's not a green light. You can still be held in contempt of court on in any court issue, uh, so we would just warn people to be careful. Um, also, just Mr. Puska himself, uh, did you take note of what he was wearing in court? Yes, he was wearing what what I would, my terrible sense, he was wearing a, a, a grey jacket, grey suit, and uh, I think a cream sort of stripey shirt. So, yeah, so he was there. And were uh, family members of, of Miss Murphy there? I, I don't know. Um, I'll be honest about that. I don't know. I was too busy taking notes that I really didn't have time to look behind me. But just, they may be there tomorrow. So essentially, today was a procedural day. The case starts in earnest tomorrow. Now, we will leave tomorrow to tomorrow, uh, but the judge did sit, tell the, the jurors that this court case will last four weeks, but he said, erring on the safe side, it may go into five weeks, but he said he will give a very significant exemption for the jurors after this case, because essentially uh, you can be called to give jury, be a jury juror again. So he's going to give a significant uh, exemption for those jurors, as I say, three women and nine men when this case comes to an end. Four weeks, five weeks, however long it takes. Yeah, no, look, we haven't heard uh, many facts in relation to this case yet, but I understand the, the prosecuting barrister is Anne-Marie Lawler and the defence yes. defense barrister there is Michael Bowman. Um, and I see that that Miss Lauder just she outlined that there'll be obviously multiple witnesses in this case, and that many of them will be from Tullamore, and there'll be many Garda witnesses, uh, particularly from the Midlands and Dublin stations. Um, and then there was just very brief information given about uh, Mr. Puska, as in his where he is from, uh, and and that that he has connections there in the Mukla area of Tullamore and in Crum- yes. and in Crumlin. Yes, so essentially, uh, Ms. you're quite right, Miss Lawler said that there will be lots of civilian and guard evidence from the Tullamore and the Midlands. There will also be guard witnesses from Dublin, and there will also be uh, witnesses from FSI, Forensic Services, Sciences Ireland. Uh, Mr Bowman said that at the time, Mr Puska was living in Mukla, which is just outside, Tullamore, that he was not in employment at the time. He also said that Mr Puska at the time had close family in Crumlin in South Dublin. Now he raised the point about St James's Hospital and Mr Justice Hunt uh, elucid, uh, expanded on that and he said that Mr Puska was in 
St James's Hospital in South Dublin in January 2022, and that any uh, any prospective juror who knew about that really should come forward uh, 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 and open up and, and say they, they knew about that. So there were some facts stated, but the trial is due to start in earnest tomorrow, and as I said, it could last up to five weeks. And Mr. Puska denies the murder. Yeah, well, it's uh, a small, a short, relatively short pod today. That that's all of the information essentially from the podcast. Um, I I wonder if we can briefly mention, uh, only because we had kind of covered it last week, and uh, just the 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 Satchwell, uh, case, uh, because obviously the matter happened on Saturday, which was Richard Satchwell uh, appeared in court and he was charged with the murder of his wife Tina. Now, similarly, this is another case that is now before the courts and we are again limited as to what we can say i see that there has been a lot of commentary online in particular in relation to this people have opinions can't stop them but i wanted to bring this up only because and this is an entirely separate matter it's nothing to do with the ashton murphy trial we just want to point that out uh but and i saw you getting into it a little bit on social media as well just in general that uh people maybe necessarily don't understand the process of 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 how things work in the courts look I think we have to be fair to people to some, this is just my opinion, you know, you don't expect everybody to understand the, the the law to the letter of the law. And there maybe was a little bit of confusion about what happened on Saturday. So I just want to clear this up that Mr. Satchwell was not arraigned. He did not plead in this case. He has not even been asked to indicate a plea in this case. Uh, but what happened on Saturday was Richard Satchwell was charged before Cashel District Court with the murder of his wife, Tina. And in general, at this early stage in any trial, uh, a, a Garda, the prosecuting Garda, who would have issued the charge against the accused, gives evidence of arrest, charge and caution. And so he gave the evidence that uh, Mr. Satchwell was, was arrested and then he was charged with the murder at around, I think it was eight o'clock in the evening uh, on uh, last Friday. And uh, they, he then gave evidence of what did the accused say after, after he was charged after caution. Now, generally speaking, in a case, you often hear uh, how a person would make no reply uh, or they might make uh, basically whatever they say in that moment after caution can be said uh, once it's said in court. And in this case, Mr. Satchwell said guilty or not guilty, guilty. And the judge actually asked uh, the the guardian question to repeat that and again he said guilty or not guilty guilty so people might have thought or misinterpreted that uh mr satchwell was asked are you guilty or not guilty he the, the words are guilty or not guilty guilty that's what he said after caution it does not mean he has pled in this case whatsoever so just want to point that out to people but i understand maybe how there was some confusion or there could be confusion on that so i do <laughs> i don't necessarily give out to people but i would again it's another classic case of just cautioning people to be careful on social media about commenting on cases uh you know that's at its very early stage that's all i'd say okay so uh the case starts again tomorrow the joseph Busca trial starts in earnest tomorrow so we'll see how we get on we'll probably do a a, a pod tomorrow evening we'll see how we get on yeah, we, we aim to, to do as many podcasts as we can on this trial. As I say, we are limited in our commentary of it, but there is interest in it. So uh, we, we aim to give you a pod as much as we can. So thanks very much, Mick. Okay. Let you go home now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Paul. <laughs>